Welcome to the Lost Episode of Proudly Resents, the show where we review really bad movies that you really need to see. Spoiler alert, not this one. I'm joined today by relationship expert and host of the podcast, Dates and Mates, Demona Hoffman. Yay! Hey! Thanks. <laughs> we're doing this on a Saturday night because we're lame. Okay. <laughs> hey, speak for yourself. <laughs> well, I, don't, I just feel like Saturday nights is like, you, know, you put the kid down and you're like, well, I can do whatever I want right now. I'm going to go record a podcast. Yeah, I mean, I don't know when other time yeah. we have to do it. It's the only free time. Since, since starting this podcast like 10 years ago, I got married and had two kids, so I kind of pod faded. But this movie, Laquisha, drove me out of retirement. Do you want to give the plot summary? Because <laughs> I feel awkward. Oh, gosh. Okay. So... It's about this white guy in Detroit. He's down on his luck. He's working as a bartender, but his kid really needs money to go to the right school. And so he decides that he's so good at giving advice at the bar that he should become a radio host because it's just that easy to give advice on the radio and people are just handing out jobs. But it turns out they're not handing out jobs to white men. It turns out they actually want to give jobs to black women giving advice like I do on my podcast. Which is why you're so the he, perfect person for the show. <laughs> right. So it's basically my life story, except for if I was a white man living in Detroit and working as a bartender. So he submits a, a demo tape with him giving advice as a, in a very stereotypical black women's voice, voice, and he gets hired. And of course, it's a huge hit. But I don't know. Should I give spoilers? <laughs> we'll, we'll go into more of it. But like, you've, there's so much packed in what you said right now. First of all, I didn't realize it until you said it. He has son has to go to the right school. I as I was saying it, I was like, "Oh, this is loaded." Yeah, is it is so loaded. His ex-wife's like, "Listen, this kid's going to public school, and we need to get him out. So why don't you pretend to be a black woman?" And make a lot of money and get us out of here. Oh, all right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that sounds like a great idea. And another thing that made me think is that he's a bartender in a daytime bartender and he can't make a lot of money. He's not a really good bartender. No, he gets he gets like two <laughs> customers and gives them the crappiest advice. And they're like, oh, you're brilliant. You know, you should really give advice some someday. You should do this for a living. It's like, well, he kind of does do this for a living. He just doesn't make a great living at it. <laughs> yeah, he's such a good psychiatrist. He's a bartender. <laughs> right. The movie is low budget. Apparently, he finances himself. So there's a couple like tricks that are just obvious. Like in the beginning, when the the bar scene, there's like an extra curtain to block the back door. Some of the beginning <laughs> stuff is a little fuzzy to me because it took me about five or six tries to finish this film. Really? <laughs> yeah, I almost threw in a towel. I watched it on a plane, which I think is just the best place to watch this film because you can't get out. And I was just stuck for five hours. So it was the next best thing for me to do. <laughs> Were you embarrassed by the people around you? Like they would look over your shoulder. <laughs> like in the old days, they used to sell Playboys in the um, magazine store. In, in the, and I was like, who bought that? <laughs> I, I I wouldn't say I was embarrassed, but uh, I I did keep leaning over to my husband like, you will not believe this movie. You will not believe this movie. Like every t every scene that I watched, it was like it it can't get worse. No, it can't get more stereotypical. It can't. It couldn't. Po it did. It manages to top itself with each act. It it just it it goes beyond my expectations, <laughs> and not in the best way. <laughs> There's a lot of famous movies that were men dress up like women. Right. Of course, this is like Tootsie but racist. Or <laughs> Victor Valona, or we can call it something like it horrible because it's a terrible <laughs> film. Those are, those are your alt, alt titles. Yeah. <laughs> you can see on the notes I've run out of ideas. Uh, of films. It's, bosom it's just it's loquia. I mean, just from the from the title loquisha, I was like, oh god. But I will also say, before I was a dating and relationship coach, I actually I ran the diversity program for a major TV network. And I'll say this is something it's kind of a it's kind of a sore spot for me because I would always hear from white men like oh well now that you have these programs then the only way that that white men can get in is if they 
if they pretend to be black women or if they partner up with black women as writing partners, then now we can get in. And it was like, it always seemed like, uh, the fear was that all of the black women were taking their jobs when it, that you, we know that's not the reality. The reality is like, let's just like give a couple jobs to the black women, please like make up <laughs> for everything else we go through. Uh, did I not mention at the beginning that I was a black woman? Yeah. <laughs> that what? Yes. That I'm a black woman. Oh yes, woman. you're yeah, a black giving, woman. Giving advice. Yeah, that kind of hit a that hit a chord with me because it was it was like he was just playing out what this fear was for so many for so many white men that think that that like we're out here trying to take your jobs. <laughs> See, I said it in that voice. Oh, I appreciate it. Because otherwise, you couldn't identify that I was a black woman, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at your picture on Skype, and I'm like, oh, that is you when you said it like that. <laughs> Yo, um, jobs. <laughs> okay, yeah, good. Phew. Uh, everyone home's like, oh, she's a black woman. Oh, uh, I didn't know. Yeah, there is that kind of like crazy kind of mentality. I mean, yes, black women have. It's never been a huge issue that that yeah that, you snatched your jobs <laughs> yeah and you know and when you just try to diversity i mean i work on a lot of shows that are i work in tv and i've worked on a lot of shows for black people where it's only white people which is crazy huh. and then there you have worked on a lot of black shows <laughs> how do you do that <laughs> i don't know then they hire me because i work on a lot of black shows do, is it that do they talk to you on the phone before the job and then they think you're black and you get there and they're like, oh, Adam Spiegelman. <laughs> oh. oh, well, that happened at Arsenio. They hired two writers uh, that were white that had names that sounded black. I'm saying, but yeah, they're both white people, but they, they called them in and they hired There's no them. confusing Loquisha, though. <laughs> oh, have you ever met like I grew up in a school with like a lot of different names, never Loquisha. I did grow up with a girl named Tyresha who uh, accidentally knocked my tooth out. Accidentally, or maybe on purpose, knocked my tooth out in second grade, and I haven't really gotten over it. But um, no loquitias. <laughs> no, well, he said he made that up. It just came to him. Like, he's a freaking genius. Like, he's some kind of... Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It just came to him because it's racist. It's like something, you know... you. You say when you want to say something racist, you come up with, yeah. I don't know, loquitia. And you're like, oh, all right, I get it. Can you loquacious, not say that? Loquacious, <laughs> loquitia. And, and I was thinking that. I was like, oh, loquitia. He's trying to say loquacious. And then he actually says it. He does that a lot in this film. What's that? Like you think, you think there, something is so obvious and you think, oh, he made this choice because that's the obvious choice. Loquacious, loquitia. And then he says it aloud and you're like, I can't believe that was the dialogue that actually came out of his mouth. Like how many times does he have to be accused by someone of being a bigot and a racist and a, and a, and a misogynist he's accused by like four different people. And it, it's like, he's trying to prove it to himself that he's not by having other people accuse his character of not being that, but, but he never it, proves it. Although he never does anything to change it. Yes, exactly. He just, he just fights back. Well, he just t- argues against. I'm sorry, but in Tootsie, Dustin Hoffman's character is an asshole, and that's why and no one wants to work with him because he's such an asshole. So he has to dress up like a woman. This guy in this movie, Joe, is a genius who everybody loves and could do no wrong. And the fact that he plays his, he imitates a black woman and, and you know lies and commits fraud and everything is just. It's something we all look over, like, oh, that's Joe, or it's okay because it's Joe. But it's one of those that he wrote and directed this film, so why not make himself the hero, you know? Mm. If it's your film, you're financing it. Like, um, I wish I could remember the name of the movie, but there was this old biker guy who used to make biker movies, and he got money from Tarantino to make his own film. And he's like 65 years old, and he's in bed with all these beautiful 25-year-old women. And I was like, well, I guess he made the movie. Right. <laughs> Somebody else is paying for it. Yeah. Live out your fantasy. Yeah. So the, maybe this is his fantasy. This is Jeremy Seville's fantasy. <laughs> and another crime in this film is that there's no conflict at all. Mm. It gets resolved immediately. So they have to do a Laquisha. So he sends the tape. Somehow the, the two dumbest radio guys who don't have anything on their walls. <laughs> That 
requires too much budget. They hire this woman over the phone, no lawyer, no nothing, and then they're they're okay with the fact they never need to meet her or have her in the studio, or she sneaks in the studio. Yeah, no one could be in the studio. It, it's like, oh, that's not weird at all. <laughs> and a woman with no experience will give that to you. Yeah, and you can hire your own engineer and just come in in the night. And we'll we'll just shut down for five minutes, and then you'll you'll be live. <laughs> and you know why you don't do that? Because it could, at the worst case scenario, be a white guy pretending to be a black woman. <laughs> you know, there could not really be a Laquisha. It, that's possible. <laughs> and no social security numbers in this place, but we'll move on. He's <laughs> got right. all kinds of fraud. So you said the, his own engineer is Dwayne, played by Dwayne Perkins, who's a great comedian. He's been around forever. And he put out a tweet. He said he wouldn't talk about the movie till it came out. And then he recently put out a tweet where he he didn't apologize. He just said, we didn't want to... I have the exact quote. Uh, if anyone's offended, I'm sorry. I, oh, he did apologize. Take that back. I wasn't <laughs> trying to make anything that's a mockery. In fact, I don't think the trailer does the movie justice. I think myself and the other black people who worked on it did not think we were making a mockery. I feel like they were convinced by jeremy to to say that like it almost felt like there were so many black actors in this movie that he was he was trying to like overload the the cast with other black actors to say see it's okay i have plenty of black friends you know like i have plenty of black friends and they're okay with this movie they're in this movie look they're fine with it you should be fine with it too and I, I almost wish that was a, a line of dialogue in the movie because it was just so obvious that that's what he was thinking. <laughs> I was surprised you didn't say that. Hey, but I have black friends. I'm, yeah. I'm surprised too. We should we should go back and rewrite it for him. Actually, we should rewrite it for him because it needs a little bit of a punch up anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, he's also, he's not Robin Williams. So when he like riffs on the radio, it's not as electric as Robin Williams talking to a mic. It's not, but I do feel like that's probably the one place where he's at his best in this movie. Okay. Definitely not the writing, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Definitely not the directing. But I will say that's, that's not an easy thing to do, to switch between two characters like that. Uh-huh. So he does execute it. Now, the fact that one of the characters is a, a, a racist, uh, you know, is a racial stereotype is one thing, but let's just say he was switching between two completely different characters. We might actually be impressed by what he pulled off. You ever think of it that way? Yeah, I was thinking there's a scene, which I thought was the best part. The plot twist was um, when he, his identity of Laquisha was kind of taking over his brain. And then he does his own therapy on air and he discovers that, he resents Lucretia for getting all the attention and he doesn't get all the love and respect for the work that he's doing. Which is just so deep, which is so deep, which is why he did the whole film. <laughs> but that could have been bigger. That could have, he solves it in five seconds and they move on. Like most yeah, problems. Five in the film. Seconds. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It was again, it's not the writing, but in terms of the performance, that was not an easy scene to do. To go back and forth. Now, never mind that logistically it never would have worked for him to have both mics in the studio and just switch back and forth between between mics at the same time. That would not have worked. But I I thought, well, good for him for at least at least pulling off that scene as an actor. I felt like this whole movie was really designed to be a showcase for him as an actor. Right. And but I wish he took some acting lessons then. <laughs> besides the Lucretia scenes there was a lot of just like him just staring into the camera saying a line which you know or maybe he was thinking about other things like oh shit you know I gotta wrap this for lunch you know I'm gonna (laughs) use another lamp yeah right (laughs) Right, the lighting was insane the audio was off in the beginning and then the lighting there's a scene I think when he goes to the love interest apartment he's yellow and it seems like he was lit from like people lying on the ground holding up lamps because the light was kind of moving a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) That's my guess. So he had at least, at least like two people on the crew, at least. At least two. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or or he taped people's cell phones on the floor and put the (laughs) flashlight up on his face. It could have (laughs) been. Yeah. I mean, 
I, I've seen worse. I've definitely seen worse acting. I thought some of the performances around him were uh, lacking. <laughs> but you, you, can, you can only make so much lemonade with so many lemons. So we're saying the good part is you, he, would, he did showcase himself well, and he was better than the other people he hired. Oh, yeah. And somebody, yeah. Somebody's going to be like, this guy, look at the voices he can do. I mean, he, I guess he's a voice actor anyway. He does like vi- video. I, I looked him up on IMDb and uh, he does like video game voices. So for that, great. Yes, he did. He, he did the voice. He did several voices, actually. Wow. So he makes enough money doing the video game voices that he can finance this film. And get more video game voice parts. I guess. And also, yeah. this movie takes place in Detroit. You couldn't find another black woman in Detroit besides a white guy in Detroit? <laughs> You're saying like the, the radio station? Yes. Well, It's Detroit. There's more than four black women in Detroit. This totally. is not Connecticut. But just, I mean, if you're really going to look at that, look at the fact that it was like a newspaper clipping that that this woman who walked into the bar like threw on the on the on the bar and was like you should apply for this and <laughs> you just you just submit an email it, it, like they made it seem so easy to just you could just get a job on the radio anybody anybody could give advice on the radio like i've been doing this for like almost a decade uh-huh. <laughs> it is not that easy. If they were just handing out jobs, they were like, please apply. We'll put you on the radio. We'll give you a three-hour slot every night, every weeknight. It doesn't even happen like that. They might have thought you were a white man, and that's why you couldn't get work. I sh- should I black it up a little <laughs> you bit? You should black it up. <laughs> <laughs> maybe if I talk a little bit more like oh, you're hired. Picture, then maybe I could get hired. <laughs> okay, baby. <laughs> Right, that's what he said. Oh, if I talk like that, then I'll, I'll get hired. Right, so it's two old mediums, right? The newspaper and the radio station. Because if it was made, I, it was made recently, so I don't know why I'm saying if it was made recently. <laughs> it would be a podcast and it would be uh, someone's phone. But, you know, it's funny you bring that up about it being so easy. I shared an ad with you I saw online for, and you'd already applied to it, for an advice show, right? Do you remember that? I don't, but I, but I'm applying for advice shows like every week. <laughs> oh, and I almost applied for it. And for one second, you thought, should I put on a black lady's voice? And then you're like, nah, I'll just send it to Demona. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually did a black lady's voice and put Demona Hoffman on it. Uh, so I don't know why you didn't get it because it was really racist. <laughs> I'll be the body double, and you can pay me. Oh, all right. So seventy percent. They- I thought that was interesting, too, because he did put himself in a hole. So, Clarify was saying, all of a sudden, people want to meet her. She becomes an instant hit, of course, because there's no... Nothing bad happens in this film. And they need to find someone to play Laquisha, and they audition all these women, and the hilarity ensues. And they find this one black woman, and she realizes that she holds all the cards and tells him (laughs) she wants 70% of all his money. Because she's the face of Laquisha. Well, he's the voice of Laquisha. Right, and he gets an offer to do a TV show and own, and as the producer in my head, he's like, I can't do it. And I was like, well, of course you can do it. You have this woman play you, and you just tell her what to say. You produce it. You produce her. Yeah. Yeah, That was weird. But I liked how he got an email directly from Oprah. (laughs) She was like, (laughs) you deserve your own show, Loquisha. You should come to own. (laughs) Oh, they're giving her a live show, too. Uh, oh, just handing out live talk shows to women they've never met. It hasn't happened for me yet. Maybe one day. <laughs> oh, I'm going to send you an email from oprah.winfrey at gmail. 88222 at gmail. Dear Demona, Demona! <laughs> and you know it's her. If, she, it's, if it's all caps, like dear, and then your name's in all caps, it's her. Of course, of course. Yes, but they, they just handed it out to him. Slash her, slash Loquisha it <laughs> yeah and so the woman playing Lucretia says i want 70 percent but what he was giving her was all the personal appearance money and then 15 dollars an hour to sit in the studio i thought that was really strange <laughs> 15 dollars yeah. to sit in the studio and I, I was like an hour even if it's an hour that's not that's that doesn't money. make any 
sense. And oh. his engineer. Like, basically, everybody, he kept telling everybody not to worry about the money. Meanwhile, he's signing bigger and bigger deals, and his engineer's making, like, like he said, like, $200 a week working every night <laughs> from 11 to 2. His, his engineer's working 11 to no. 2, five nights a week, and he's an accessory to fraud, and he's selling out <laughs> his people. For what? For $12 an hour? For $12. I didn't do the math, but something like that. Something like that. Yeah, that's kind of problematic. That all, I felt like all of the black characters in this movie were also severely flawed. Like, the woman that is the body double, whatever, for a loquitia was like, blackmailing him and was just a despicable human and i was like you couldn't even really you can't you couldn't even redeem us there really you had to just make her a stereotype of a stereotype yeah and then when she takes over to play laquisha she's terrible she's mean and then i was like oh it takes here's a tagline it takes a white man to be a black woman (laughs) Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, so the real black woman is actually a mean, untalented, money-grabbing, horrible person. Thanks. Thanks. Like, it, we, we didn't need that. We didn't need that. That's just adding insult to injury there. Oh, oh, oh. Can we talk about the fact that somebody called from a bridge that she was going to jump <laughs> off. Can we talk about that? That's all I want to talk about. So they're like, we have a jumper. Should I put her through? <laughs> no. Hold on. No! We got one, I got to read a spot for stamps.com. Hold on. <laughs> Could you hold? Are you well, still yeah. And then he was like, yeah, don't jump. Okay. And that's it for the show. I'm like, what if you ran out of time? Like, no, tell her. This is the hotline you need to call, like with qualified people that are going to save your life. She, she get look. I'm just saying she now. Now I'm just accepting that he is she. Loquisha gets on the phone is like, yeah, you should jump, and like tries to use some weird reverse psychology to convince her not to jump. And you know, I'm thinking like as a host and as a producer, I'm like, oh my god, this is such a liability. Like if she really does jump, it's you're not just. <laughs> You're not just like your show is not just canceled. Like you are, you're going to be legally responsible if you are telling her to jump and she jumps. It's beyond just risky. It's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. The engineer, like you said, said, uh, uh, we got someone on the bridge who wants to jump. He goes, all right, put her on. Again, no stakes whatsoever. <laughs> you know, like Mel Gibson was cool and lethal weapon, but everyone else around him was freaking out when there was a guy on the roof. And right. 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 Like, I think he was trying to steal that scene where Mel Gibson is a crazy guy. But we at least felt like it was going to happen because everyone was scared. And Mel Gibson is crazy. And that's why he wasn't scared. So if this guy was like, what, what if I met this up? And he literally says, like, all right, we'll give it a try. He's like, I got this. What's the worst that can happen? Uh, I, just, <laughs> I just talk to the voices inside my head and set them straight. So I can talk to anybody. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, yeah. That was after he had a breakdown. Yeah immediately yeah if if he can counsel himself he can counsel anyone surely surely yeah that seemed a little (laughs) that that jumped the shark there for me also they say you know in a movie shot in new york they'll say new york is a character in this movie in this movie green screen is a character in this movie (laughs) (laughs) he he gets the idea to to he gets the idea that he should be a stereotypical black woman by watching like a jerry springer show and it's just two black women in front of a green screen with some obvious background <laughs> behind them. Right? That was the worst. That part was definitely the worst. That was the low point. But did you also catch that even after the show had been moved to daytime, the backdrop was still nighttime? <laughs> yes, I thought about that too. And I was trying to rationalize in my head. I was like, well, maybe these scenes start at six and maybe it's winter. Right. I grew up in Michigan. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah. So it's winter. And it's like five o'clock because then it's already dark. But then, wait, there was no snow. And then I was like, wait, what am I doing? I'm trying to rationalize Loquisha. <laughs> it kind of got me into this this like crazy headspace where I was trying to make sense of all of the madness. And then I just got to the point where I was like, just just let it happen. 
just give yourself over to the movie because it's you're already in it and you're you're going to be doing this podcast. So <laughs> just keep watching. Good. You're stuck in this airplane. You it's can't go. It's a long in. movie too. Uh, the movie's on Amazon Prime, which they after they took this movie, they actually just call it Amazon. And oh. so, if you want to see, I don't know why Amazon puts Amazon Prime has a lot of shit on it. <laughs> like a lot of bad movies are on that film. Uh, let's make a list, put it on the website. But I'm trying to think of the other ones. Uh, Hollywood the Musicals there, which is like came out before La La Land. It is just oh. Like, oh, it's great. I mean, it's great and it's terrible. It's shot on someone's handy cam. Uh, and at least that, compared to this movie, is more fun to watch because it's not racist, I guess. That's <laughs> why you don't feel guilty watching it. You don't feel like dirty. Is there music? In Dancing? The, in Hollywood, Hollywood musical? musical? Oh, yeah. yeah. We, I did an interview. I'm in. Oh, yeah, you should watch it. It's the only episode. I am black, you know. We love the music. You love the, the music. Well, apparently yeah. in this version of L.A., there's only one black person. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, Loquisha made up for that. See, yeah. they hit their quota. They hit their quota. They got a, a lot of... Uh... Yeah, so I don't know. It's the other black people in the movie won't talk about it. The woman who plays uh, Loquisha stand-in just flat out won't comment on it. And... There's a lot of stuff from the apparently so Newsweek, which used to be uh, a reputable. Anyway, they wrote about this phenomenon for their website, and uh, I'll read a couple quotes. Um, he says, "When people watch the entire film, they will see there's much more here than meets the eye." Virtually all the comments I've seen online are addressed directly in the film, in a variety of perspectives. Uh, and then they say he did not elaborate on the uh, comments or perspectives. Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, right? Well, I'll say for the first, like, how long was this movie? Long, <laughs> movie, a long movie, by the way. <laughs> for the first, like, two thirds, I was just, I, I was in the same place you were. Like, I, I just don't even know how I'm going to get through this film. And I can't even believe I'm watching this. Uh, I actually called it. I said to my husband, I think this is the worst movie that I've ever seen, like <laughs> beyond the room, like beyond anything. But um, I, I will say towards the end, I started to feel like he got a little bit more perspective on what he was doing and why it was wrong. And like, he wanted to address that. I don't know if it made up for the previous, what hour that I had wasted of my life, but at least he, it didn't end in a place where it was like, wait, can I, can I talk talk about the end? Yeah, let's talk <laughs> Are about people the end. actually going to see it? <laughs> if you're going to see it, it's already spoiled. It's like I served you old Sorry, fish. We, you can't get mad. Yeah, right. <laughs> Gutted fish. Um, yeah, I mean, in the end, it's not like he he got what he wanted, being a, continuing to play a black woman. Like he realized the error in his ways. So it did kind of come around, but. Most of it was really painful. Painful. Well, and since you brought up the ending, let's skip ahead. He decides, he doesn't get caught. A lot of these movies, they get caught. But he doesn't get caught. He kind of decides not to do it anymore. Was well, a way to get out of blackmail, which is great. Again, it's, you know, her fault. But he, he goes and tells everyone the truth, and everyone is fine with it. Like, the guys who run the radio station, they're like, well, we've committed fraud as well, but we'll let it go. Like, we got so much advertising money because we lied to advertisers. But eh, we'll, we'll let the audience at home decide. And then they forgive them. But, there, I mean, there's definitely been situations where people created characters or, you know, personas. And it wasn't really the person that you thought that they were. Uh -huh. So it's not like this situation is unheard of. It's just the fact that he was pretending to be another gender and another race. That that just kind of adds an uh, yes, it's fraud, but I don't I don't know if it's that serious. It was a character. I mean, you could even say it was you could say it was a sketch, and then people started taking it seriously and taking the advice seriously. I mean, there's many ways for the station, I think, to to get around it. But I mean, how does he live with himself? <laughs> is the question. He gets over. It. You mean like Larry the Cable Guy? We should forgive him. Yeah, forgiven. People are always like, his name is Dan. <laughs> Okay. Okay. His name is Dan. I mean, like most actors in Hollywood, like their name isn't actually their name anyway. But well, like um, Carlos Mencia. I mean, all right. This is a good example. Carlos Mencia. 
apparently not even Mexican. You know, allegedly, his name is Ned, or his name is Ned, not allegedly, but the other part. That he leaned into the stereotype, and that's what pissed people off about him. So He's cashing checks. He's cashing, he was until, yeah, until he hit a wall. Wow. Well, it's not that it's fake. I mean, it's just, it's, it, it is a part of his identity. This is a little bit of a different, different situation. He's pretending. The filmmaker also defended himself, and this is the weirdest thing, by citing a 2015 SNL sketch featuring Louis C.K., where he talked in a black woman's voice. It's, it's a funny sketch. Well, first of all, if you're going to use Louis C.K. to defend yourself, you're already in deep shit. <laughs> you, know, you know the guy who masturbated from women and they hated and, and no one talks about it anymore? Anyway, like him, I'm a martyr. No, but the the joke of the sketch is that doing that voice was wrong and he got caught and he's trying to get out of it. Right? The whole time he's like looking, even in the the picture of the thumbnail where they show the YouTube video of it, he's looking scared because he got busted doing something wrong. <laughs> and that's why it's funny. Yeah, it's a totally different situation. And like, sorry, Jeremy, but I mean, you can't you can't compare <laughs> the, you can't compare an SNL sketch <laughs> with Louis C.K. even to this movie. That's 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 a high form of flattery. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, <laughs> right? You know, it's like me and Eddie Murphy when Eddie Murphy played the white guy on SNL. No, it's not the same thing. Nope, nope, <laughs> not at all. Not at all the same thing. Yeah, can can we also talk about since I am a dating and relationship coach, can we talk about the romantic storyline here too? Because that that threw me a little bit. <laughs> Spoiler alert: She also forgives him. Did you fall asleep in that part? <laughs> You're like, what romantic storyline? <laughs> You're like, <laughs> did she not know that he was Laquisha Le- the whole time? I thought I thought she did. And then I was confused when she called in. She called in to get advice from Loquisha about yeah. her relationship with Joe. And she said, I have, I have this friend Joe, even though I haven't seen him for a third of the movie. I, I've been thinking about him a lot. Because <laughs> he's such an amazing guy. Like a lot of these bad filmmakers that I love, uh, I say this with affection, they write themselves as like Jesus figures. Like, because again, they're writing the movie. So. Of course she's going to fall in love with him because he's the lead character. She's a successful, beautiful black woman in Detroit. Of course she's going to fall in love with a single dad broke bartender who (laughs) happens to give mediocre advice. Or or his advice in this movie is so good that the successful black woman is thinking about him. You know, like he has nothing for me except he's so brilliant as an advice giver, apparently. I guess that's what she needed. Right? I don't know. That's like, what she was looking for. But when she calls and she's talking about him, his acting is so... I know you liked his acting, but I had no idea whether he knew she was talking about him and knew she was on the phone. Did he not... What did you think? Did you think he knew who it was? There was a moment at the very beginning where his eyes lit up and I was like, oh, he knows it's her. And then he did go kind of dead eyes, like you were saying. He went... A little bit like now I'm playing Loquisha, so now I have to pretend like I don't know her and just give her advice. But I thought that was really weird. And so then she gets very upset when she finds out that he's given her advice. He's given her advice as Loquisha about him. Did I make that confusing? More confusing. How could I make it more confusing? (laughs) But his advice to her wasn't. He didn't say like, you know, you should. And I'm not going to do the voice. Why not? (laughs) <laughs> it's saturday it's in, night it's in context right <laughs> my kids wake up walk out start crying my dad's a racist no but the <laughs> advice wasn't like you know buy him a car and sleep with him on the first date it was like follow your heart and if you think it's so he didn't like it wasn't self-serving that's a good point i think i fell asleep on that part <laughs> what advice would you give her as as a professional about joe <laughs> about joe or even the first guy i mean obviously leave him She comes into the bar in the beginning of the movie talking about this terrible boyfriend. I would say, girl, you a strong (laughs) black woman. You can do anything you want to do. You don't need no man to do none of that. So let me tell you something. No, I wouldn't do that. (laughs) Well, it's so funny on your show. You go from talking like you and then you do that voice and then you go back to you. you Sometimes I do because that's 
I, I mean, th- that's the thing. It's, it's, it's all parts of myself. Like you were saying with Carlos Mencia, like there, there's different parts of him and parts of his identity. And there are times when I choose to use certain elements of it and when it feels more comfortable. And there are times when, you know, I'm using another part, but it's all me. It's totally different if you're just putting on the voice of someone else. And I mean, doing an advice show is also not just so easy as he was making it. Like he, he has no training. He has no expertise. He's just like, well, I have empathy. I do remember Loquisha said that, that, that she had empathy and that's what allowed her to give advice. And I thought, uh, is that enough? Is that, that, that could make you a great radio show advice giver? Just having empathy? I think it, you require a little bit more than that. So to answer your question, what would I tell her? Yeah, I would tell her that, that she needs to spend a little time getting to know herself probably and not going from relationship to relationship looking for other people to fill a hole that she needs to fill with her own self-love. Hmm? Now, can you do that again, but blacker? <laughs> <laughs> That's as black as it gets. Oh, boy. Next. Now, can you call in Jeremy Seville to play the black woman? Actually, I will tell you a story. Mm, It's hard for me to tell it without telling you which show. But I was working on a show, uh, a a show, a very, uh, a show that was going to be a very successful, popular show based on a movie. And there were two actors that came in. And one of them was... I, I know he he had gone to Carnegie Mellon. He's very like prim and proper, and uh, he comes in and does this character, and he does a little bit of like he plays it a little bit street, and and he walks out, and I was like, all right, he's fine. But I you know I knew him as an actor, and then this other guy walks in, and I was like, wow, that is the guy. And so they walk out, and this is in a an audition test like at the network with all of the president of the network and the, and the head of casting and, and, and they walk out and they said, well, I think it was pretty obvious. The first guy, I mean, he just was the character. It was just so obvious. That was just, that's, that, that's him. Like he, he, that's, that's the world that he comes from. It it was obvious. He (laughs) should be the, he should be the actor. And I'm the only black person in the room. Like what just happened? Okay. So I was like, Look, if he acted the part, even though I know that wasn't him and that was what they wanted, I'm I'm not going to block him from getting the role. But it really showed me just like how I think there is this stereotypical voice and that for a, a black person that a lot of people who haven't had that much uh, connection to black people in their world think that we have. And so if you play into the stereotype, they're like, oh, well, that's it. But. It, it it was not authentic. It was acting, which is, I guess, what he should be doing anyway, not what should have been happening in the case of Loquisha. That was not an acting part. That was supposed to be a real person giving real advice. Well, that's a good defense for him is that he's never really met a black person or maybe more than one. You think like Jeremy, the writer, director, actor, has never met a black person? Yeah, or anybody who defends a movie, you know, they're yeah. like... They can either say yes, you know, black women is women are stealing all the jobs, and they obviously haven't left their house, and then, or they like, well, blast out black people talk, and they haven't met more than you know one black person or a black person they've seen on TV. Yeah, they just watch Real Housewives of Atlanta <laughs> or whatever, and they're like, <laughs> yeah, I I would say that that is is one problem with it, and it, I will say on a deeper level, the movie made me really angry that it's going to energize those people that are like, yeah, the black women are taking all of our jobs and, and that see, now I just put on a voice. Oh, the white guy voice. (laughs) I put on the white guy. I put on like the white guy from, from like Tennessee. Sorry, white guys from Tennessee. I really didn't mean to do it like that. Uh, But you know, there are definitely people that believe what believe that believe that, Black women are taking all of the jobs, right? I mean, obviously, we won't get too political, but this movie is geared towards your racist uncle. That's the audience <laughs> yeah. we're going after. 
Right, right. So that uh, to me, I thought, oh, well, this is just going to give them more, more uh, fuel in their fire to be like, yeah, yeah, black women are taking all the jobs. If we just pretend to be black women, then we can get those jobs. There was a, a show called Work It that I think they took it off of uh, YouTube, but it was on ABC maybe five, six years ago where these two guys were like, women are all taking all the jobs, so we'll dress up like women. And they dress up like the most unconvincing women ever. And instantly they get jobs <laughs> because, mm-hmm. you know, these women with broad shoulders and mustaches, uh, <laughs> that was the only problem with the, these white guys who couldn't get jobs or they weren't both white, but these guys couldn't get jobs. <laughs> Sorry. I want to be for the work it purist. I don't want to get it wrong. <laughs> I wait I'm looking it up now yeah Amari Nolasco he was on prison break yeah he's great and he's such a good actor that guy <laughs> and he, he's playing Angel Ortiz <laughs> oh please Angel Ortiz oh my again oh, what, did Laquisha come up with that the same thing it just came to me Angel Ortiz uh, I mean the only way that this could have really gone any further is if I, I really thought for one second, instead of getting the body double, that he was going to oh, dress boy. up like in blackface and like Mrs. Doubtfire, like <laughs> like Tyler Perry style. Oh, but, my God. That just like, reminded me. You know what we forgot to talk about was uh, Soul Man. Have you seen that? Oh, yeah. When it, Did you see it when it came out? Long time ago. What was yeah. your reaction to that? As a white guy, it was just like, oh, this is weird. But of course, I'll see it because I have nothing else to do. You know, I can't remember. I was like, that was, you're saying like the 1986 Soul Man. Yeah. uh, I was a wee babe, Adam. Oh, I know. You (laughs) (laughs) you were too young. Maybe you saw it on LaserDisc 20 years later. I I don't remember what I thought, but um, I do remember reading the book Black Like Me and thinking it was fascinating (laughs) that somebody could change their skin color for a social experiment. But he was doing it for a social experiment. Yes. Did it enrage you? <laughs> well, I, you know, like as a young uh, uber liberal, you know, who hadn't, wasn't paying any taxes and everything was wrong. You know, it made me angry and I watched it and it was just a bad movie and it was, it didn't work. First of all, the guy didn't look like a black person. He looked like a guy in blackface. Right. So it wasn't believable. That I remember. And I feel like I remember like moments where he was sweating off his makeup. <laughs> I feel like that that stuck in my mind is something I remember. It's like a white guy went to a historically black college where everyone was blind. Right. <laughs> they just had no idea. But James Earl Jones is in the movie, so it has to be okay. <sighs> but yes, at least he didn't do blackface. Let's put that on the box. No, that would have really, <laughs> really been a problem. Yeah, or, or like he decided for the Oprah, you know, his big own show. Maybe he would decide to do it himself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and and to be honest, as a producer, I was like, oh, I, I'll work on that show. Who, who's who's hiring you guys? Know What's it paying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do I, have I to mean, fly that's out? the world we live in, right? <laughs> all right, so I'm trying to read... Um, IMDb yeah. reviews. This is all the bad reviews, but I only see two reviews. I guarantee noon, but someone's trying to say no one, but he put it together as one word. So <laughs> I guarantee noon who reviewed this actually, A-X-T-U-A-L-Y, made it past the trailer. Not the comedy goal that could have been, but all the hate is unwarranted and just people trying to get points for being woke, quote unquote. You offended by his portrayal, I'm offended by this sentence, as put as put on as it was, go work at a call center and you'll be fine. No one get bent when, oh, no one got bent over the movie, sorry to bother you. Did you see that movie? No. All right. No, first of all, that's a movie. That's like, yeah. first of all, all right, real quick, look, we should need it. A second draft it needed someone to look at and say you need conflict you need this you need that 
And they would have made it a better film. A dialogue pass, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, that, they always say, oh, studio, you were a studio head. These <laughs> studio people, they ruin everything. No, not always. Someone, just a second set of eyes, a proofreader, perhaps, to say, yeah. see how, how many times you use the word misogynistic and, and racist in your dialogue. We should do a drinking game. We should do a drinking game. And every time he says racist or misogynist, we drink. And then we'd be drunk by the uh, end, and it would go a lot faster. Yes, it would. Or every time he looks dead-eyed at the camera, you just got to go, I got to drink. But Sorry to Bother You is a really cool film. At the end, it goes a little crazy, but it's supposed to go in that direction. He's black. He's a phone operator, and he puts on these different personas to get people to buy his oh, product. yeah. I wanted to see it. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's really cool. It's, But he wasn't pretend. I don't know. I don't know how to defend it. It's a different movie. It's a movie about, it's It's also about the black struggle, which obviously I don't know about because I'm not black, but he, his, it's about something real, right? I mean. Well, and it was kind of like what I was saying earlier about like how we, it, it's, we use different voices in different scenarios. Uh-huh. Like that, that's not, that, that is not him putting, that's not him pretending to be a white person. That's him using his white voice. I'm giving you like insider information, okay, right now. We use different voices to to create different effects. So he's not going to talk to his buddies the same way he's going to talk at work. And I, I, I mean, I only saw the trailer for that movie. I didn't see it yet. But I assume he realized that when he talked in his, quote, white voice, his more proper voice, he made more sales, right? Well, I just remember he not only did a white voice, but they they obviously put in a white person speaking whenever he did the white voice. Oh, and really? On purpose, you know, it's part of the. It's a weird movie, so you kind of accept that when he gets on the phone, he, it's a white guy go, doing the voice, and it's hilarious. It's because it's a commentary. I don't know because that is the joke that I, I don't. I just don't agree. All right, here's well, it's another the same deal in Black Klansman, right? Like, <laughs> oh yeah. David Duke, that he's white. (laughs) And that's definitely John David Washington's voice the whole time. Oh, okay. It isn't the white guy. No, it's definitely his voice. It's just, it's great. You should see that. All right. right, We'll trade movies. Now, we've already (laughs) suggested two better films. The next review is from Saul Alinsky, Eitz, and certain group of people. Oh, boy. Lose their collective... I guess he's trying to say collective mind. Lose their collective when anyone dares poke fun at them. This movie is hilarious. And it should be shown and taught in elementary schools across America. God bless LaQuisha. All right. They, they've got to be joking. Are you serious? Okay. So just going back to the first review, I, when I, I, did, I saw that one online and I thought, is this actually the writer and producer and actor giving a review of himself to try and combat the negative reviews because you know people do that people do that it until you read that and the second review it hadn't occurred to me that this was a comedy that's the that's the most profound realization i've had in this whole conversation about the movie it was supposed to be a comedy i don't think i laughed once did you laugh at all i want to say once I want to say that because I, I'm going to be fair because uh, I might have. Um, I don't remember. Not like at him. Not at the, no, I, oh, or the No, no, no. But, I know what you mean. But actually, they I, said something funny. Oh, okay. I'll give it once. I'll give it one. I won't be a jerk. I mean, I just, I, but in, in it truth is, to me. you watched it today. I rushed and watched it last night, finished it last night. But the other parts was so long, I don't really remember that. Uh, I almost bailed on it, but then you said, I'm going to watch it on the plane. I was like, shit, now i got to watch this whole thing. Oh, yeah. I had to download other things to get to get it on my phone from Amazon, formerly known as Prime. They only let you download a certain number of things. So I was like, I'm going to watch this movie. When you tried <laughs> to download it, did it say, are you sure? It was like, <laughs> got to delete something else. And I was like, Ugh, I don't know. Okay. Let's delete something good. All right, let's wrap this up. Uh Back when I used to do this show all the time, the question was, would you recommend this movie to somebody else? Only to my worst enemies. 
All right, and then the other, I would, yeah, I don't know if I'd recommend, like Hollywood the Musical or Neil Breen movies. Neil, Anything with Neil Breen you have to watch, and it's bad, but it's brilliant. This is like, it's just a slog to get through. Sorry. And then is there a moral to this film? Sure, of course there's a moral. The, the moral of the story is just be yourself. You don't have to be someone else to make great things happen. It just got there in a very weird, convoluted, circuitous way. What did you think the moral was? The opposite of that? Yes. I know. That Joe is the best? Joe's the best. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he really is amazing. Even uh, you could score a hot black chick, Joe. <laughs> she forgives him so fast. In other movies, they make it so hard. She forgives him right away. Yes. He didn't do anything to redeem himself, but say to her his argument. I mean, he didn't he didn't do anything in the first place to earn her affections. So it was in line with the rest of the the romantic storyline development in this film. It's perfect. It was the perfect ending. <laughs> All right. We left on a high note. Uh, how do people find you? Oh, you can find the Dates and Mates podcast wherever you're probably listening to this podcast right now or uh, datesandmates.com. And you can also find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all those places at Demona Hoffman. Is there something you want to recommend that's not that you're not in that you think is great? Just to make up for the fact that we had to watch this movie. Oh my gosh! I saw that Apollo Eleven film. Like we're recording this now on the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. I saw it this week, and I just thought it was uh, honestly it was one of the most breathtaking amazing films you know i saw it with my kids like go to the science museum and see uh, this will take up an hour where my kids will be quiet (laughs) but they had all of this found footage that was from like inside the control room and it was like reliving the moment of course i wasn't born when it actually happened but reliving the moment um was really exciting and i highly recommend it if maybe you can get it on amazon formerly known as prime soon so you no longer think the moon landing is fake (laughs) come on (laughs) they got receipts (laughs) from inside the apollo 11 spaceship it's real you see we went to carl's jr we got the receipts inside this one (laughs) that's that's what i knew was fake (laughs) the guy was throwing a shake in the air stop it see the movie (laughs) what about you well let me give my uh stats while i try to remember because i have a brain like a sieve uh (laughs) that's called parenthood i swear Mm -hmm. to god it's, We're uh, in the same boat. Two kids oh, and no brain cells left. I know what I recommend, but I'm breaking my own rules. I'm recommending a podcast that's very popular, but it's called Never Thought I'd Say This, and it's with Jody Sweeten, because I'm going to interview her next week for work, so I listen to it. It's a um, parenting podcast, and oh. uh, it's really good, and Never Thought I'd Say This is like what you, it's like hashtag when you say something crazy to your kids, and for the show, we were collecting a bunch just to have, you know, from the audience, and it's really hilarious, you know, like, never th- on the show they say, uh, never thought I'd say, I don't care whose turn it is, don't put crayons in the cat's butt. <laughs> I don't know if you have any of those that you said to your kids. Oh, gosh, I wouldn't repeat them on air. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> at Proudly Resents is on Twitter. You can reach me at the world's worst email, proudpod at gmail.com. This show has like 200 episodes. Half of them are movie reviews and half of them are interviews. So if you want to hear interviews, go to Proudly Resents Interviews and they'll all pop up. Or just reviews, go to Proudly Resents Bad Movie Reviews. Anyway, is that more confusing than it should be? <laughs> Not more we, confusing than, than Loquisha. Than Loquisha. <laughs> Thank you very much for doing this. It's my pleasure. <laughs> all right. Take an hour on Loquisha, by the way. That's how you spent your Saturday night. <laughs> It was fun.